This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Ashby, a content and community strategist, and we are talking about how can you be more comfortable while you're working. Ashley, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Christoph. So this is an interesting discussion, uh, in my opinion, interesting topic. Uh, you know, I so I stand most of the time. I'm literally standing right now in my podcast recording studio. <laughs> That's wow. a joke because, you know, we don't need studios anymore. We record on our phones. Um, but let's talk about. Yeah, I was picturing. I was picturing like uh, you know when they do animation, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I was picturing you doing that. <laughs> well, podcasting has come such a long way. I'm not sure you need a studio anymore. I mean, I got my my headphones in my iPhone. You're on the phone. Um, certainly, we don't need to overcomplicate it. But at the end of the day, we're still creating content. We're writing. We're doing podcasts. We're doing other things. Um, what what do people need to think about to be comfortable and not hurt themselves? I think the biggest thing is uh, you don't necessarily know when you're hurting yourself. A lot of people just think, oh, well, you know, if I start hurting, then then I'll do something. But a lot of times when you start hurting, you've already done some damage. Um, plus, you don't necessarily know how much you're fatiguing yourself um, just if you're just going by how you're feeling. Um, so you really need to be proactive, make sure your workspace is ergonomically correct, make sure, um, make sure you know your body, you know, if you have some sort of weakness in your arm or something, uh, you're going to be more likely to injure yourself. So you need to be attuned to your body and you need to, um, yeah, just, just don't wait until something hurts to take action. You, you really from the outset, you need to be concerned about ergonomics and that kind of thing. Don't wait until you're already injured. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, so, but how do people go about that? So, for example, so here's my setup. Um, you know, I got a stand-up desk, right? Um, usually mm. it's in the standing location. I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I put it down. There is a chair, um, like a... Uh, Looks like a nice leather chair, but only costs ninety bucks on Amazon. Um, currently, two wow. cats. Currently, two cats are lying in it, so I can use it anyways. Um, and I stay on the mat. That's basically how I work most of the time. I have a little keyboard. Uh, I have an iPad on a stand, right? So it's it's pretty much eye height, maybe a little lower. Um, and that's how mm. I work. I mean, what's what's wrong with that setup? <laughs> Give me some feedback. Um, well, just full disclosure, I'm not certified anything just in yeah. case anyone wants to take my advice <laughs> but um i think that's great I, th I think what uh really struck me is that your um your work situation is really flexible so if you had to sit down you could just make an adjustment if you uh you can adjust it to your height you can um sit in a chair if you want 
um, you could make that ergonomic so that you're not arching your arms in a weird way. Um, you, I think you said you had some sort of stand for your iPhone. So like, um, if you, if you, if you could set that up. So like, for example, I have a wireless keyboard that has different settings and I can connect it to my phone if I want. So I could even type on my phone with my keyboard so I could spare my, spare my wrists that way. Um, so I don't know if you're doing anything wrong. Oh, and also, I, I it's really it sounds really great that you uh, have a mat to stand on because people don't under people underestimate like the impact of a floor on how you on how you stand. <laughs> it can affect uh, your hips and your feet, and it can fatigue you if you get sore. And so, um, I think it sounds amazing that your workspace is is flexible. Um, I I think people should just look up online like the the best way. Um, to use that flexibility. So what, you know, what height should your monitor be? What height should your uh, keyboard be so that you're not, um, it's hard to describe on a podcast, but there's like a certain way a lot of people type where they're arching their hands upward um, because the keyboard's too high or too low. Um, and that can make you really prone to carpal tunnel. So um, you really need to look up online to, to make sure that everything looks the way it should and that you're not craning anything. And um, yeah, and I think a lot of it's just being attuned to your body, like just knowing if you have an injury or if you're prone to fatigue or something, you, you need to understand how that's going to affect how you stand and that kind of thing, because um, fatigue makes you kind of negates any ergonomic stuff like if I'm fatigued I'm going to be hunched over you mm -hmm. know and if you're fatigued you can't really help that and then that just exacerbates any kind of injury uh, possibility so, so I don't think you're doing anything wrong I think the fact that everything's <laughs> flexible to everything sounds ideal yeah um, so I do uh, I do have an iPad right I don't even have a computer that I work with and mm. um, so the iPad is on the stand. Um, and then, you know, I, I turn it whatever way. Usually it's um, vertical, right? Um, and then, mm. I have, uh, then I have a Bluetooth keyboard. And it's not a super expensive one, like $15 on Amazon or something. And I just tested that as you were talking. So my hands are not arched at all. It's relatively flat. Um, and, you know, I use that, of course, um, to write and type what's in and I just fall, I just finished an article like 1200 words, maybe, um, you know, a couple hours ago, but sometimes, and I know you mentioned that maybe on Twitter or somewhere, um, or an email, sometimes I don't write at all. I voice dictate mm. my blog post, Right. So like, I'm not, so what's interesting about that is when I grew up as a writer, this is how, this is the posture you have as a writer, you know, in front mm -hmm. of a computer, uh, usually one of those big screens, <laughs> you know, the ones that go back. <laughs> like oh, yeah. And, oh, you know, yeah. And, th and this is how you do it. This is how you sit. This is the chair you're in, whether you like it or not. There's no option to stand up. Uh, in fact, if someone mm -hmm. would have said, I want to stand up and type, people would have probably said, that's what, what, what is that? Why? Um, but voice dictation to transcripts, that's another thing, right? I mean, um, mm. what's your experience with that? My experience started a long time ago, actually, uh, about, um, what was it, when I started university, which was 2004, um, I have some disabilities, so I have uh, 
some slight motor issues. And so it, they were concerned that I would have trouble typing notes in school. And so they recommended a voice dictation software. And I'm a Mac person and that wasn't available for Mac. So I actually had to get a PC to do it. Um, but it, it's my experience started there and I didn't actually fully uh, train with it. But um, I remember that you had to train with that because it wasn't as good as it is now and it kind of picks up different accents. And, uh, you know, if you can, if you talk slow, if you talk with a low voice, it'll pick that up. And it was not, that technology was not that sensitive um, back then. And then my mom actually, before that was using voice dictation um, because she had some uh, I think it was carpal tunnel. And so she was using that at work. And I remember she had to go through a lot of training. So I actually put off in my work using that kind of software because I just figured it'd be a lot of training. And I just love to write like with my hands. I think that it's just a really easy um, way to get the thoughts out. It's just part of the process. I, you know, I keep diaries, I keep a paper uh, um, day planner. I just like the act of handwriting and typing. I just find it really helpful for creativity. So for that reason, and, and also because I just figured you'd have to, I'd have to do a lot of training to get a handle on the voice recognition. Um, I put it off until like last year doing it professionally, or maybe this year. Um, and I only started doing that because I have, I have neck problems and I, I found that I just couldn't write as much as I needed to. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually really amazed at how far the technology has come. Like I didn't have to train with this program at all. Like I just used the, the uh, Google, what's the Google one called? I can't remember. Hmm. They have their own little voice to check text version. I don't know. I don't know, but I actually, I was just talking about that somewhere today. Uh, oh, uh, maybe a Twitter chat um, that mm. used to be that voice dictation was mostly on phones, right? Like you mm -hmm. have to, like you do it on your phone and the app. So people would always ask me, what app is that? And I'm like, that's no app at all. It's the phone, right? Like yeah. whatever, what, <laughs> whatever app I open, it has it. And, mm -hmm. um, and then I, so on um, desktop devices though, it, uh, it's not as common or it's, you know, you have to like buy software or whatever. And now Google, mm -hmm. which might be what you were referring to. I don't, I don't know, but Google now has a voice to text transcription within Google Drive. So I can... Yes, I, that's what I was talking about. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. Isn't it great? I mean, it's fantastic. I, I have used it. In fact, you can sit... And it's kind of, I don't even know why I, you know, I pick one or the other. But especially when you're on a computer, you just open a Google Drive document, you put the microphone in front of you, and you start talking. It's mm. pretty accurate for the most part. Um, for a guy that writes about and talks about content marketing a lot. I don't think I've ever transcribed content marketing correctly. <laughs> it always has some yeah. other, it never, it never gets content right for some reason. I mean, am I saying it wrong content? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No, but it's never gets it right. It's always some, some other word kind or. Yeah. And acronyms, it, it, it does struggle with acronyms a bit too, or any, anything technical. That isn't right. like generally, um, I think it's, it seems to be mostly set up for, for words that would just naturally happen in a narrative. It's, it's unfortunately mm -hmm. not as intuitive for things like, um, you know, technical language or, and I, and maybe people will notice this, like when I start talking, I talk kind of loud. And then as I go on, I get kind of small and I tend to mumble a little like that. And sometimes 
usually almost always picks it up and that's why I rave about it because you know that's what I was afraid it wouldn't do um but yeah like you're saying I, I, I find if if I do have an issue with the transcription it's almost always something to do with the the um like the technical words or the there's certain words it just doesn't like for some reason or sometimes it doesn't pick up when to put in punctuation I found um like mm-hmm. I don't mind going back and editing um but yeah it's it's something you need to factor in when you're when you're making time to to write something you need to make sure you have time to go back and fix all this stuff right you know what I found though sometimes I don't remember what I actually said or meant to say right so that can be a problem sometimes because um I mean it just is right uh it's kind of like I'm editing my third book you know which uh, came out two days ago. Well, I, I was editing it and it came out two days ago. And thank you. And I was editing it on paper. And so I was like, oh, I'm still making a lot of changes. So mm-hmm. again, you know, I, I, I chose to sit, I was actually sitting just in a regular chair, um, you know, in the living room, um, like a lounge chair, I guess, editing this book. And I was like, oh, I'm still making a lot of changes. And then, of course, the problem with that is, I mean, maybe that's good that you're catching things you want to change and you get to sit in a chair and don't have to, you know, you can be comfortable. But mm-hmm. now I'm trying to go back and I'm trying to update, you know, the actual version. And it's all my handwriting. I can't read. I'm like, I don't even know what oh, this says. Yeah. So I'm trying to yeah. guess. So it's, you know, I am thinking of doing a podcast on that, actually, because, you know, it's nice to edit on paper, but you still have to go back. And even if I could read it, now I have to take another step, right? So the chances that I do something wrong mm-hmm. exists. So I want to learn shorthand. I feel like, because I have the same problem. And I feel like if I knew shorthand, I wouldn't have to guess what I wrote. <laughs> but I don't think anyone teaches shorthand anymore. It's kind of obsolete. Like cursive, I guess it's getting obsolete. So I do use a mat. Uh, and you know, the other thing is I actually wear shoes, which is weird, right? Because I work in a home office. Um, but I, I found That's that when I, don't wear, when I don't wear shoes, right, at some point your feet just hurt uh, because mm. they're never supported. So I don't know if, um, mm. you know, I kind of ran across that too. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I, I have some balance issues um, and I, I find uh, I'm just steadier be- with the support. And also, it's just easier in some ways because you, um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, I just find I'm more steady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just more connected to the to the ground. And I think it's also, um, how do I explain it? It's also just a vibe, right? Like when you're working from home, it can not necessarily feel like a work space. Like my, my computer's in my bedroom and my bed's right there. And so any, anything that makes it feel like a job, I feel like can get you into that mentality of work on top of like the ergonomic benefits. Yeah. My, I mean, my office at home does feel like an office. Um, some people might argue more like a gym. I have an office, <laughs> tread, I have an office treadmill, you know, um, so I can walk on that. But so as people are um, thinking about their workplace, and so, so, so we have some flexibility here, right? You can put your computer wherever you want it in your home. I can, if I want this desk on the other side of the office, I don't have to, I mean, not that I would want to because it's right by the window, but if I wanted to, I don't have to have an approval process. I don't have to ask anybody. 
I just move it, right? Right. If I don't, if you don't have I to don't, wait for things to go through. Correct. If I don't want to use the stand-up desk anymore or I bought a new one or whatever, I just change it, right? I don't have to go, oh, mm. dear boss, who, um, uh, what do I do? How about the people who are working in, 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 in office environments, right? I mean, I'm, the, the biggest thing that comes to my mind, and I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm surprised by this being a problem. A lot of companies have, I mean, when I go visit companies, they have really bad chairs, like, you know what I mean? I sit in a conference room and it's like, you know, it, it's a good sized company and the, ter- the worst chairs. Right. And then the um, then the people who are working there all day, they have even worse chairs. So so how do we I mean, how do we what can those people do? I mean, uh, like, I mean, I, I would consider just being. My, but how like what are the options to get your place set up in in a somewhat unflexible environment. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, for one job I had, I had the same situation uh, with my issues. The work setup just wasn't good. And I don't think it was good for anyone really. But what I used to do, and I don't, I don't necessarily recommend this. I don't know if it's optimal, but I used to take, go get phone books from the office and put them on my chair so that my chair would be high enough. So I wouldn't have to crane my arms and uh, I put something under my laptop to make it eye level Um, and then I put some books on the floor so that I my feet would be planted on the floor when I was in the chair because that's important too it can mess up with your back and and all sorts of things if your feet aren't touching the floor Um, so I mean it was really uncomfortable when I, I shouldn't have had to do that I'm not advocating companies using that as a solution um but I think it's just important to have uh have a solution if you go to your boss for example and say i have um an x complaint or whatever um come with them with a solution recommend a product um bring a doctor's note if you have to anything that would cover cover you and make it clear that this is like a workplace injury issue um because if it if it could affect their bottom line or whatever they would have more incentive i think to do something about it depending on the company and depending on the laws of your country and everything um but I, I think those are the most important things, just having, knowing what the solutions are and, and suggesting actual solutions rather than just coming with a complaint. And also knowing your rights, uh, knowing your workplace rights, mm-hmm. and um, also just making it easier for the company, you know, like maybe maybe suggest bringing in something in and then they can reimburse you, you know, so if you need to bring in a different table or a different chair or um, there's tools you can do use to adapt the environment too. Like if you have a desk that doesn't have a keyboard tray, so you can't really make your uh, workspace correct that way. There's, there's tools you can, there's trays you can get that, that would actually hook onto a desk. Um, and so you can slide the keyboard under that way and then just ask your boss to reimburse you for that. Um, or same thing if you want something for your feet. Um, I think, I mean, of course, it depends, all depends on your employer and everything. But if you, if you don't have a, an employer who wants to work with you on those things, maybe consider just leaving. Because <laughs> if it's messing up your body and your boss doesn't care, do you really want to be there to begin with? You know? Like, well, yeah, I mean, especially the chair issue, I never will understand. You know, I've mm-hmm. seen chairs that are terrible chairs. And maybe they were good, you know, I don't know hundred years ago or something, but, um, but I've seen relatively new chairs that are really not comfortable, 
right? Mm. And I mean, I just, I know you can't see it, but I got this leather chair here and I bought it for 90 bucks on Amazon. And then you can set up a thing that somebody puts it together for you. So that cost mm. 60 bucks. So, so the <laughs> setup almost cost more than the chair. And yeah. well, I'm looking at some of the chairs companies buy, you know, they say, well, we buy a gazillion of these chairs and now they're 120. But I'm like, okay, but this much nicer chair was 90. So, mm. <laughs> you know, so the, the math doesn't really quite work. Um, I, I can't see that being a problem, though, for, I mean, especially um, new employees, right? I mean, they're not going to come in and say, these chairs are terrible, or I need this or this or this. Um, mm. This is the standard equipment. So, but certainly I would recommend that as well, that people, um, people bring that up and, and figure out what's the best way for them. Um, yeah, you know, and also, yeah, and also um, consider how your workspace affects your productivity, right? Because that affects your boss's bottom line. If, if your workstation is fatiguing you, that's going to affect your output. That's going to affect your um, enthusiasm, your morale, all of those things. If you have some sort of way to measure that and prove it, like even bring in studies or something, like just get creative. And there's lots of evidence about out there um about the impact of these things on productivity and quality of life and all that and i mean if your boss really doesn't care about those things and isn't willing to invest in in productivity then i think you really need to be concerned personally and um sometimes it's cheaper like (laughs) i imagine it's probably cheaper in some instances to just do something fix everyone's station or whatever so that people don't keep coming in com- with complaints. And I can't remember the numbers, but the, the um, economy loses so much money from people who are off work from back pain. So, I mean, if you can even prove something like that to your boss, like maybe that would, I guess it depends on your boss and how savvy they're about that kind of thing and how much they care. But I think just getting to the, getting to the, the proof of, of the impact I think it's probably mm-hmm. the best way to make your case rather than just uh, complaining. Oh, my back hurts. Like they don't care. <laughs> I don't think of, they would care. <laughs> and of course, also how much uh, pull they have. Right. I mean, if they're going to yeah. their boss, you know, or whomever, and they're not uh, listening anyways, because they don't understand it or different priorities or whatever, it might not work anyways. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly the way content is produced, I mean, it has changed quite a bit. Um, you know, like uh, I, I laugh, I see these job descriptions and I'm probably guilty of um, writing them myself just like it. Or, or maybe it's a template. It probably is a template. But some job descriptions say um, this is a sedentary role. Right. Or I mean, you, you're mm-hmm. sitting for long periods of time. And I'm just thinking, why? I mean, first of all, why is that in there? Right. Yeah. Because like, I mean. You know, I, I hardly ever sit and I'm a content person. I do content things all day long. I'm on the phone all day long. I file articles, you know, I, I finish books and I'm standing most of the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, so clearly that's not the case, that that is always true. Um, and it's just, you know, uh, it's interesting. Of course, the other thing when it comes to voice dictation. So I, this is in the book, Content Performance Culture, um, Adobe. Um, predicted uh, uh, VP, I don't remember his name, top of my head here. Um, he predicted, and they're already working on it, that more and more things will become voice um, powered, right? So instead of me um, 
using my mouse in Adobe Photoshop, I can just say, do this and do that. And then it does it, right? So I'm just standing mm-hmm. there, talking with my hands, I presume. Um, but if that happens, um, that doesn't work in an open office environment. <laughs> if everybody's yeah. not talking. Yeah, and I was wondering that myself because I was thinking of, um, I'm thinking of joining a co-working space. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, how am I going to create my content? Should I do it in the evenings or like, I don't know. <clears throat> At some point, maybe I'll get an office. But still, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of, um, it's funny when all these all these uh, new models of, of working start coming up and then it takes a while for the actual systems to, to, to make those things possible start catching up. It's interesting see what follows but but yeah i don't i don't know how that would work that's a good question maybe maybe really fancy cubicles with really good soundproofing i don't know (laughs) see that's what's so funny about that whole open office thing because it's it was done so people collaborate more but in reality right they're just sending more slack messages to each other um yeah and there's things you can't do right because if you have to hop on a phone call you have to go into a conference room or something. Um, And And I've noticed that very few, because I've been researching co-working spaces recently. Um, I live in Niagara region in Ontario. And um, so I've been looking here and in Toronto, I'm from Toronto and Hamilton, uh, which is between Hamilton and Niagara. And there are very, very, very few of those co-working spaces that actually have those telephone conference rooms there's and usually they only have like one or two and you can only use it for like half an hour if they have one at all um so it's gonna be really interesting to see how workspaces are adapted to cope with changes in voice and if that would actually delay that from progressing because there just isn't really a lot of capacity for it to take place i don't know it'll be it'll be interesting yeah, I, I just think the old open office is in general not the best setup, honestly. I mean, because like yeah. I'm, you know, I'm on my phone now and we're recording on my phone. I got headphones in. I could be on my headphones talking on the phone and record an open office, right? I mean, like everybody would hear everything I say, but uh, you can do that, you know, but then everybody will say, well, what a jerk. Um, <laughs> but certainly, you know, it depends on what you have to do and what other tasks that you work on. Great. Well, we want you to be um, uh, feel good about the way you work. Try new things. There's certainly way more options out there um, than they were when I first started in a newsroom. This is how it was, and there was no change. Um, I guess the newsroom 20 years ago was open office, actually. <laughs> I don't Yeah, I guess it was. So... Very interesting. Ashley, where can people find you on the web? Uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. Well, unfortunately, my website is down at the moment. That's kind of bad timing. <laughs> but usually you can find me at ashleyashby.com. Uh, and they can always find me, um, Ashley Ashby, on LinkedIn or on Twitter. That's always a good way to, to get a hold of me. And I love talking about workplace safety and advocacy and all those things. Because um, that's probably why I freelance, because it just didn't have you know, there just wasn't a place for my needs there in the working world. So I'm always happy to chat about advocacy and all that and love working with people. And yeah, message me when my website is back up. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. And thank you everyone for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap. 
Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.